Single dad, why you mad? Single dad, why you mad? Single dad, why are you mad? Single dad, why you mad? Single dad, why you mad? Single dad, why you mad? Single dad. Why you mad? So you don't want to sound deep. You want to sound, uh, so I was about to say soft. <laughs> get, get my Barry White on. You fine. Uh, one of the things that obviously we need to say is welcome back to another episode of Single Dad, Why You Mad? So I don't know if we need to do it, right? Let me not say that. But, you know, we normally speak about, uh, you know, how our week was. And um, we are recording this episode on February 1st, 2020. Um, it's probably not going to air until February 8th. Is next Sunday the 8th? Yes. Yeah. If you add uh, seven days. The 9th. The 9th. Yeah. Yeah, it's probably not going to add until the 9th. But, you know, one of the things I wanted to touch on real quick, right? Not simply because it's current, but also because it's relevant. Uh, we are speaking probably uh, a week after the announcement of uh, the tragic death of Kobe Bryant and his daughter. And uh, I just wanted to know if you had any uh, thing that you wanted to say about that. Yeah, for me as an individual, like I stopped actively watching basketball in 1994, but you had to be buried under a rock to not know who Kobe Bryant was, not know his impact on the game and on society, and not know, you know what he put forth as being a father and an active father to his girls. And it's wild because on the, on the tail end of it, for, from my perspective, my phone was blowing up with people going, yo, have you seen this hashtag? Have you been participating in a hashtag? Like, have you been posting girl dad? Yeah, so it's interesting to see that for all of his impact on the sport and his impact on philanthropy, the one thing that really seems to be resonating in social media is his impact as a father and a father to girls. And did you have any, though, specific feelings, though, around the death itself? Like, you know, his daughter was with him. You have daughters. I mean, yeah, did you I, have any feelings around that in specifically? Because that, that, I definitely did. That, that specifically hit me. That hit me hard. It was like, you know, you're just trying to get from point A to point B with your kid. You know, whether you're a multimillionaire and you're doing it on a helicopter or you're, you're broke as the joke and you're doing it on a bicycle, it, it just reinforces the fact that tomorrow is a promise. And the fact that, like, you could just be leaving the door, leaving your, you know, your, your house out the front door with the most mundane of intentions, and you're not guaranteed to make it back. You're not guaranteed to have the next day. Like, that really impacted me. And that really, you know, made me stop and think about, like, damn, you know, I go to drop my oldest to school with the little two, you know, already at school. What happens if something happens to me and her? You know, those, those scenarios absolutely played in my mind on the back end of that. It, it hits hard. It absolutely hits hard. So um, I can definitely tell you that there are plenty of times when I pick my kid up and the only thing I'm thinking about, like if I pick him up from his grandma who lives in Jersey City and we're driving back to Harlem or even when I'm on my way out there. Sometimes the only thing that is on my mind is getting from point A to point B. You know, there's been plenty of times out there when I drove a certain way. That ain't it. I'm really looking forward to seeing my kid grow, you know, at least into his 20s, right? Right. Because <laughs> I'm 54, right? 
you know, by the time he gets to 20, I'll be 70. But I would least like to see him go that far. And the thing that really just stuck with me or just was sad for me until I heard otherwise is that, you know, I can only imagine, right, you know, if this, you know, helicopter was on its way down or whatever else it is, and he looks over at her and she looks over at him, you know what I'm saying? And you just got to, you know, tell your girl, it's going to be all right. Don't worry about it. You know, or, or, you know, she probably looked back at him and said, daddy, you know, I'm not scared. It's going to be all right. Right. And, you know, hopefully there was a moment in time when it was just all right. You understand what I'm saying? I mean, I've since heard otherwise, like, you know, um, it was instantaneous. Nobody knew nothing. You know, they just, you know, uh, crashed into the side of a mountain. I don't know how true that is, but, um, you know, it just uh, it hit I mean, me real hard with just, you know, having to look at your little girl or your child and say, everything is going to be all right. Hold on to me. I got you. And then you just cover them with all that you have. Or in my head is looking them in the, in the face and saying it's going to be all right and knowing that you're lying and knowing that it's not like that that that's that scares the shit out of me that they and as somebody who's you know traveled distance with my kids like gotten on planes with all three of my kids and you know you go through that little bit of turbulence and in the back of your head you're like oh shit yeah this is just normal mundane shit but the reality is every so often it's not Every so often, a plane goes down, a car crashes, a helicopter crashes. You know, like, to, to be in that situation, man, like, it's unnerving, man. It's unnerving, and it's scary, and it's, I pray to God I never see it. I pray to God I never have to experience it, man. Yeah, me too, me too. So last week, we talked about, you know, my kid peeing on himself and, uh, you know, how upset I was. And, you know, one of the things I said right after that, right, is that, uh, you know, I'll take my kid peeing on himself every day, all day, if that was the other choice, you know what I'm saying, or anything even remotely close to it. So, you know, I thank God every morning when I wake up. Yeah, I, I say like this, you know, what does it matter in the fullness of time? That's an expression I throw out to my kids a lot when I momentarily get flustered about something or somebody else is flipping out about some shit that really doesn't matter. Like 10 years from now, 15 years from now, what is that shit really going to matter? And if you can sit here and say to yourself that a year from now, it really isn't going to have an impact on your life. Five years from now, it's really not going to have an impact on your life. Why are you sweating it now? You know, tomorrow is not promised. And the things that we flip out about, the things that we make a big deal about, the things that hurt our feelings, you know, that's momentary shit, man. Love your babies, love your family, and the rest of the shit will just fall into place, man. All right. It's easy to say about not flipping out. Uh, unless you're in the middle of that shit. When you're in the middle of that shit, man, it's easy to flip. But, you know, all right, okay. We, we all have our moments, man. We're human. We, we all have our moments. You know, but it, it's about recalibrating, recentering, and going, I, I'm, I, like, I flipped out, but this shit really don't matter. It's small shit. Let's keep it moving. So, uh, speaking of keeping it moving, right, you asked for it, so we're bringing it to you. On uh, September 22nd of last year, we did an episode um, called DILF, Dating a Single Dad. Uh, DILF is an acronym. It stands for Dad I'd Like to Fuck. And um, there was good feedback, and then there was inquisitive feedback. So there was great feedback. But the majority of the feedback we got was, that's not what we were expecting. We were expecting you two guys to talk personally 
about your dating experiences, right? So um, we sent out a post sometime around, and uh, I want to look it up because I want to be accurate about when we sent that out, we, when we posted that. Was it November? It was November 21st. Okay, so Thanksgiving time. Around be thankful Thanksgiving for Dilf. Uh, Dilf 2.0, the dating and single dad episode. DM us the questions you want answered, right? And uh, we received back a significant number of questions, plus a lot of feedback on yes, that's <laughs> what we wanted. This is the way to go, right? So I've compiled the questions, and I've probably got about 20 um, after I got rid of the duplicates. How about yourself? So I put together a list. Um, some of them flow into each other. Some of them were duplicates, and I've distilled it down to about just shy of 30. Just shy of 30. Yeah. All right. You got way more than I did. Yeah. Um, so I haven't heard or seen your questions. You haven't heard or seen mine. And we are going to try to get through uh, 50 questions. And the idea is that um, I'll say a question, um, and uh, you'll go first, and then I'll go. And then you'll spit out a question of one that you received, and I'll go first, and then you follow up. And we're going Sounds to like try to be efficient and move on to the next, right? So we can get as many done as possible. And what are you doing? Have you filtered through any of them and said, nah, I ain't asking that one. Fuck that. <laughs> or, huh? Have you? Nah, nah, I put them all out and I was like, oh, shit, this is going to be horrible. Okay. But, but all right. We, I didn't do that either. I got each and every one up here, number one. And then number two, have you... Uh, decided what order you're going to put them in so that uh, you get the easy ones done first and the hard ones done last or what? No, what I, what I did do was I tried to, I tried to put it in an order of stages of a relationship. Okay. And how they, and how they were asked. Um, so that was the only, like only rearranging that I did other than like, okay, this question is called like five times. Let me get rid of it. All right. You going first. All right, let's dive in. Let's dive in. Go. Um, how do you know when you're ready to date? And the caveat behind this one was, my baby is little, but I got to live. So how did you know you were ready to date? So the, my response is going to be define dating. Because if you're just talking about just going out and, uh, you know, having dinner or lunch with somebody and, uh, you know, you go back to your place or they go back to their place, y'all go back to your place or their place and you spend a night together and then you go on about your business, you know, uh, I was doing that, you know, day one. <laughs> um, but if you're talking about like dating for a relationship, um, uh, I don't know. I don't know when you know. I know. I don't know when you know that you're ready. I know that you know when you're not ready. I don't. So again, bring it back to myself. I don't know when I know that I'm ready. It's just something that comes over me. Right. And I happen to meet that person at that moment in that time. But I definitely know when I'm not ready. Yeah, I, I'll say from my end, um, like even going on my first date. Like I've been open and honest with that. It took me like eight months into my separation and like, you know, my ex-wife and I being done for me to go out and go on my first date. And that was a complete horror story. And even then. On that date, I was sitting there saying to myself, like, am I really ready for this? And then if you're talking about dating and being in a relationship with somebody, it took me, shit, five years into, into being 
separated for me to be like, okay, or for us five years into our split, ultimately having been divorced, for me to have a girlfriend. And in retrospect, I'm still looking back at that going like, eh, I don't know if I was ready at that point. But it's also meeting that person and going, yo, like, I feel like I want to be around this person. I want to spend more time with this person. I want to be open with this person. I want to, you know, have this coupling with this person. But in retrospect and observation of myself, yeah, nah, I probably was not ready to be in a relationship. Uh, my question, what should a single mom expect when dating a single dad? What are the boundaries? Wow. That's an open uh, question. Maybe. I think that's a, that's a really open question because I yeah. think it really depends on the single dad that you're dating and how well, often... Well, no, 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 no. Let's remember now. We're, we're talking about us? They're we're talking about us. These questions. So dating me entails that, you know, I may not have as much time for you as a dude who's not as driven as I am. I may not have as much time to hang out with you or text you or be on the phone with you as a dude who's not trying to accomplish as much as I am. And I don't say that to downplay other dudes. I'm just saying that, that that's where I am. And then also, in my experience, dating a single dad is really attractive until you realize he's an active single dad. So it's like, oh, look, he takes pictures with his kids. Oh, look, you know, he cooks meals for his kids. Until you realize, like, me actually being around my kids and helping them with homework and being there for those photo ops and preparing meals for them and actually having them at my house four days a week actually takes time. But let's just say you were actually dating somebody. Like, right. you were dating, this was your girlfriend. Right. Um, is, uh, should, you know, is there a boundary about... Um, you know, being around your kids? It depends on the girl. Like, just being... It's somebody you're actually dating, though. This is somebody so, you chose to date regularly. So if we've gotten to the point where we are actually dating and you are my girlfriend, then, yeah, the chances are that you will have met my kids and you'll be involved in my life on a, on a frequent basis. Are you posting her to your Instagram account? You're taking the, pictures together. The one girlfriend I've had in the entire time that I've been single, she was posted to my Instagram account, and she met my kids. Would you post her a picture of her with your kids on Instagram or Facebook or wherever? If the, if the occasion called for it and she happened to be out and about with my kids, yeah. All right. But, but if she was my girlfriend. So I'm going to say the same thing. If I'm actually dating somebody, um, the boundaries... Uh, so, man, so I do not think that since I have had my kids speaking as a single dad, that, um, although I have dated, um, someone regularly, it's never gotten to the point where I was posting them with me on social media. We, we had, we never, we did not get to that point. And uh, were they around my kid? Yes. Um, but we never, you know, um, got to the point where we were posting each other on each other's social media. So the only boundary I would agree with you is, you know, um, the amount of time that we could spend together. Um, yeah. I, I want to throw in one last 
one last caveat. I think the whole you got to post me, I got to post you is bullshit. I, I think it's a complete waste. If you're with each other, you're with each other. It doesn't necessarily have to be posted on social media and be a thing. But, you know, in this day and age, I realize that's important to people. Well, you know, you're claiming somebody. Claiming somebody, it means something to somebody, to, to people. Meh. <laughs> All right. Okay. So um, if I was just going to say boundaries, I just think the only boundary really is time. Time. Time is time once again is relative to what I have to offer up, which is one of the reasons why I I stay single. I don't have the time to offer up that is requisite to be in a relationship. Next question. Um, and I think we know the answer to this one. Um, for you anyway. Are you <laughs> shopping for potential partners or are you just looking for company right now? Nah, son. No. Uh <laughs> I am not shopping for potential partners. Um, I'm not even actively looking for company because my life keeps me so busy that, you know, like looking for somebody to spend, I don't have very much time to spend with anybody. So it's not really an issue for me at this point in my life. How about you? Are you looking for the next Mrs. Crockett? Nigga. <laughs> Son, it's your question, not mine. Well, it's not even your question. It's a question that's been... Oh, two years ago, in 2017, 18, or 19, when I first started working on this business venture, mm -hmm. I said to myself, so let's call it 2017. Yes, 2017, um, sometime around the summer. When I first started working on this business venture, um, I said to myself, I am not getting in another relationship, and this is the relationship I had just come out of with my son's mom. I am not getting in another relationship until I get something in the can. Getting something in the can meaning, so, you know, I do film, I'm shooting, you know, film and doing animated movies. And getting something in the can means getting something done that I can actually go out and shop. And that was my position then. Um, but again, if I met somebody that I really gelled with, you know, um, I'm all about, you know, the chemistry that's going on at that moment, at that time. And if I meet somebody that I gel with, I'm not opposed to it. That is very open of you. Next question. All right. So falling along the lines of, you know, the, the, the secondary mom and all that stuff. But is it more important to have a woman that's a good mom or a good partner? So um, I'm going to equate a woman who is a good partner with being a good mom. So, that, was, that was my thought process as well. Yeah. But yeah. you don't necessarily have to be a good mom to my kids because, once again, I'm not crossing the streams if I can avoid it. Yeah, I don't need you to be, you know, a good, I need you to be a good person, you know, to and around my kid. But I don't need you to be a good mom. You know, he's got a mom. She's here. Uh, so it's different than it was. Like, this ain't the 60s and the 70s. Right. You know what I'm saying? The 1820s. Around, yeah, when you went around looking for a mom because, you know, your the, the mom was gone out west or left with somebody else or whatever else it is. <laughs> you had to replace her. <laughs> she ain't, you know, uh, uh, you need somebody to stay home and take care of these kids. Everybody's going to work now. So, yeah, I don't know about that question or whoever asked it. Do you prefer to date women who do not have young children or do you prefer dating women with children or without children? So it's with young children or it's just with children like, you know, who are of teenage or whatever else it is age or women without children, period. 
I'll say this. The age of your children really is not of a concern to me because I am, I'm generally not meeting your kids. I, I, I'm generally not spending a bunch of time around your kids. I'm, I'm generally not meeting your kids. Um, when I first started dating after, you know, going, splitting from my ex-wife, there were women that I've dated who had younger kids and I would occasionally be in the presence of their kids. And I would say for me, it also threw a lot of guilt because I would go, damn it, I'm here hanging out with you and your kid. I should probably be spending time with my kid. But I think that was all, you know, my head trash and trying to sort out where I was in at that point in my life. That said, where I am now, it really doesn't factor in the age of your kids. But I do generally prefer to date women who have kids because they understand. When I come across women who don't have kids, they have a lot of time on their hands and they generally expect me to fill that time. And I, I've used the example of, you know, a girl I was seeing who was like, oh, what are we doing for Halloween? And I'm like, um, you know, I got three kids, right? I, I'm not doing shit for Halloween other than taking my kids trick-or-treating and hanging out with them. Oh, but like, I wanted to go to this party and I want to do this and I want to do that. And I'm like, yeah, go ahead, have fun. But I got other shit to do. So my question to you is how old was she? She was in, she's in her early to mid thirties. Okay. Right. But, but it's, she's never been a parent and she's never had to adjust to having to deal with somebody who was an active parent. So she didn't get it. I think the other end of the spectrum is women who have older kids and they're empty nesters because they forget what it's like to have to deal with, not that they forget, but they're at a point in their life where they're like, yo, I want somebody to fill my time, fucking make time. So for me, whether you have kids, whether you got young kids, whether you got old kids, I don't really care, right? Um, one of the things that I have noticed, though, is that women with children who the fathers did not play like an active role in the kid's life don't understand the role that I'm playing in my kid's life. And uh, that has been difficult. Dating a woman who uh, just doesn't have kids and sees the amount of time that I spend with my kid, I haven't really had that problem. Oh, yeah. I, I, I've absolutely had both. <laughs> I've absolutely had both. The, the women who don't have kids or the women whose fa uh, kids' fathers don't business with the kid. So even the idea of me going, yo, yeah, my kids are staying here tonight, but it's not their night to be there. The fuck? It's their house. I don't, I don't pay for a mortgage in this neighborhood because I want to live here. This is their house. All right. Next question. When do you think it's a good time to introduce your child to someone you are dating and what type of environment do you think that introduction should take place? That was actually one of my questions. So I'll cross that off the list too. Um, because it's interesting, the, the way the question was posed to me was, you know, is it a function of time or, or is it a function of commitment to the person? And real talk, for the most part, he, you got no business meeting my kids. I, I, and, and that's just the way I move with my kids. Like my kids, they will not be able to pick you out of a lineup as somebody that I, you know, I happen to be seeing. You know, if you're somebody that I'm dating, you're somebody that I'm in a relationship with, you know, that's a function of not just the time, how long I've known you, but how I feel about you and how serious I think we're going to get. So if I think we're going to be pretty serious, that we're going to be spending a fair amount of time around each other, 
and that time starts to spill over into other aspects of my life, then yeah, I, I think, you know, it makes sense for you to meet my kid. So I'm a little bit different about this, right? Um, I have friends, male friends and female friends, right? Um, so if you come around me as a female friend, my kid don't know. My kid has no idea that, um, you know, what you are with the exception of this is daddy's friend. And um, if I'm dating somebody, right? First yep. of all, um, very rarely am I interested in dating somebody that I would not be friends with in the first place, right? Facts. So um, if I'm dating you, right? Um, you know, it's not like, you know, we holding hands and kissing and all that other sort of stuff in front of my kid, you know, we could all be out to lunch and you just, you know, as far as, you know, he knows one of daddy's friends because, you know, there's been times when I've been over, you know, when my kid was just barely one or when he was one, two and three. Yeah. When he was just barely one, when he had just started work, work um, walking, you know, he was around Mia and, um, you know, our other common friend, a significant amount of time. Right. Um, you know, I'm not introducing him as, you know, this is, you know, daddy's friend only daddy's plutonic friend. You know, hey, this is Auntie Mia, right? Right. He don't know, and he ain't got to know, right? See, but that's also a function of him being young. I can't pull that with a almost nineteen year old, a why? thirteen year old, and eleven year old. Why? Because she can tell that y'all got y'all got something else going on. That y'all bumping uglies. They absolutely can tell when a kid gets a certain age. They can read the body language. They can tell. Okay. So right. I'm also less likely to bring somebody around my kids unless it means something. Okay. All right. Um, whose go is it? Yours? Um, yeah. So I'm actually going to jump order because there was one that kind of falls in, in line with this. So your kids meet her. Your kids hate her. Now what? So um, my kid meets her. My kid hates her. Now what? You know, I haven't had that experience. I don't know if I will ever have that experience. Uh, it's a hypothetical. And I'm talking about somebody that I'm dating, right? So, you know. This yeah, is so your kid has met her. Yeah, so you're probably dating her. Yeah, because if it's just somebody, you know, that I was smashing, you know, nine chances out of ten, they ain't never going to see my kid, right? Mm. Um, because, you know, um, we smashing when I ain't around my kid, right? Right. Um, you know, and by the time my kid comes over the next morning, you gone. Right, if you come over the next morning, um, yo, you do overnights. Bless you. So I have no idea. I have no idea. I yeah, have not I, had that experience. How about so you? So I have not run into that experience. Um, like I said, because my kids don't meet everybody. The one person they met, they loved her. They adored her. They thought she was awesome. That said, yo, my kids are around for the long haul. So. If they're not businessing with you, it's either going to be we keep those two parts of my life separate or me, you ain't going to be a thing anymore. That makes sense to me. I, that's, the, that's the way I move. All right. Next your question. Turn. When would you introduce your co-parent to someone you're dating and how? Wow. Um, if I have to, <laughs> right? Um, because ultimately when my co-parent met my ex-girlfriend, it wasn't planned. It was something that they kind of stumbled upon each other. I would love to have more control over the situation when and if it happens, but 
realistically, you know, my kids are of an age where I'm not looking to create a separate, a second mom for them. So I don't think that, you know, anybody I'm dating really needs to meet my ex-wife. Hmm. So I hear they're not creating a second mom, right? And um, I'm not quite sure anybody that I'm dating needs to meet uh, my kid's mom unless it got to a point where we were actually talking about moving in together or something like that. Or sharing space. Sharing space or this, per- this other person, you know, uh, got pregnant. Then, you know, oh. I ain't got no choice. Right? Oh. But outside me. of that, I don't really see the need. Like, re- real talk, like, I don't foresee myself sharing space with anybody. I ain't trying to make any more babies. So yeah, I like I don't I don't foresee a scenario where where like like they used to say in Ghostbusters, don't cross the streams, keep those streams separate. I'm I'm good. All right. All right. Um, next question. And I think I already know your answer here. How do you feel about long distance relationships? I actually got that question too. Um, you know, it's really funny. If I think back about like my life, I've had a couple of long distance relationships. Like my first girlfriend was a summertime thing and she lived in Cali. And so I would see her when she came back, but I was young and it was like, meh, whatever. My ex-wife, when we first met, she was living in Connecticut. I was living in New York. So it was at least two hour drive, two and a half hour drive between us seeing each other. And, you know, it worked out. We'd see each other. But I was also, you know, kind of on the same focus I am now, where work is my priority and I see you on the weekend. So we made that work. That said, even when you look at dating apps, right? The two things that really determine how people couple and how they end up together is attraction and proximity. How close are you to each other so that you see each other on a regular basis? And how attractive do you find each other? So yeah, I'm not opposed to a long distance relationship, but I also know like, yo, like how much energy are you really gonna put be putting into somebody who's on the other side of the country and you seeing them once a month? So for me, right? Um, if we're talking about uh, dating, like seriously dating, um, huh. One hour door to door is probably uh, just about it for me. If I was going to seriously date somebody, yeah, one hour door to door, you know, um, because I'm all about that. When we get together, you know, we're going to make the most of that time. So if we get together, you know, you're gonna, you know, come see me, and chances are I'm gonna free up my schedule. Or, you know, maybe have little smatter things to do, but, you know, we're going to spend some significant time for at least, you know, a couple of days if we're seriously dating. Um, if we're not seriously dating, you know, you can live in Florida. If you're just coming up, you know, just to smash and grab, you know, I'm good with that, you know. Once, you know. I'll, I'll say, like, so, 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 yeah, I'm going to get in trouble for saying that shit, right? Um. <laughs> but it's real. It's real. And I was going to co-sign it. I'm going to get in trouble for a completely different reason. Next question. Mm, I'm going to jump around again. Um, What do you prefer for a first date? Coffee, lunch, dinner, drinks. So uh, I don't drink alcohol, as you know. um, But I will go to a bar and order a cranberry juice, and you can drink all that you want. But that's not really a date for me, right? So I'm a foodie. I like to eat, right? So I'm all about going to dinner. I'm all about going to dinner someplace nice. Um, and, uh, 
you know, sitting across the table looking at something that looks nice while having good conversation and eating good food. Um, and then, you know, if we wanted to go out and, you know, hear some music or do something like that afterwards, I'm with that too. You know, that's a good, nice first date for me. We were saying first date, right? First date. Yeah, that's a good, nice first date for me. Look at you, you smooth motherfucker. Listen, and I'll pay too. I don't give a fuck. Right? <laughs> I, I'll, I, I'm paying, right? Yeah. I don't mind because, you know, it ain't, it, ain't about, it ain't about taking you to dinner. It's about going someplace nice to eat and hopefully you'll look good and you'll have good things to say or good conversation. And, you know, that's a good night for me. Dude, I, I like, in my mind, I don't even realize, like, it's so baffling to me that that's even a thing. Like, that you have to throw out that I'll pay. Like, I don't think I've ever been on a, I don't think I've ever had a woman pay for a date for me. Like, I'm really racking my brain. I'd like, I, that, that's not a thing. Or even like splitting the bill, like I, that 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 completely flies in the face of my Caribbean sensibilities. Like I, that 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 just don't happen. So, um, so I've been out on enough dates with enough women where um, at some point they say to, "I got this one." <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're going on more than one date with them, though. Okay, yeah, yeah that, that makes not? sense. That makes sense. Why not? That makes sense. I like to go out to eat. <laughs> yeah, I will say this first date um it really doesn't matter to me i think for me like a first date could be something as simple as going to hang out and going like we have like outdoorsy spots here so you can go for a hike or you know you can spend time in nature and shit like that here in connecticut um you can't wear heels and dress uh uh, going fucking hiking why would i want to go out on the first date um you're gonna wear heels and a dress no, but you 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 can wear hiking boots and leggings. So absolutely, fuck that. Yeah. So my point is this: it's more important to me that we have an opportunity to have conversation and connect than it is the venue. That said, I know women like to go eat. So didn't and I do enjoy cooking. I do enjoy food. So you know, dinner dinner is probably a better venue. Drinks, I do drink. So I, I'm, I'm a huge fan of sitting there across from somebody in a place that's not too loud, having a couple of drinks and getting to know each other. How many times would you have to go out with a woman to describe her as someone you're actively dating? I don't think it's a number of times. And I think what, what, what women don't really get is generally you are the ones who set the pace for that kind of shit. Like I, like, I can count on one hand how many times I've said, hey, so you want to be my girl? That that doesn't happen. You know, it's generally a woman going, yo, um, you know, bitches don't need to be calling you no more, right? Because you're mine. <laughs> like, like, women generally set the pace and the tone for relationships, in my experience. Um, and especially now in my life, because I'm like, I don't see the need to be in a relationship, like it, 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 like it's, and maybe it's just me where I am right now, but I don't see it as being like, oh, it's that additive to my life where I need to be like claiming and, and being in a relationship. It's usually a woman who goes, yo, we're in this relationship, and a guy goes a long way, oh, okay, how about you? Is there, is there a certain number of times or a certain magic button that needs to be pressed? So I'm gonna get my teeth kicked in again, right? Go ahead. 
<clears throat> so um, I have actively dated four women at the same time. Meaning that I could go out to dinner regularly and spend time with regularly. So I could, I did go out to dinner with regularly and actively spend time with regularly four different women at the same time. Yeah. Um, so did they all know about each other? No, absolutely not. Um, did they all know that we were not in an exclusive relationship? Yes, I made that clear from the, from, from the giddy up. Right. Um, but um, the amount of times we go out is not, a, is, is not a, a definition of the fact that we're actively dating like or exclusive or anything like that. Um, if that's what you know, the person was trying to ask. Me dating you and only you and not dating anybody else or me not going out to dinner with anybody else, me not you know, going out and hanging out with and spending time with at the house anybody else and just you, that is you know, the definition of us actively dating. Um, and then the follow-up question to that was, are you comfortable dating a woman who is actively dating other men? Yeah. And to your point, and I say this to, to my female friends all the time, he is not your man until you have the conversation. Just because he's spending a lot of time with you, just because he's eating your cooking, just because he's laying up in your bed, just because he's picking you up at the, at the bus stop and driving you home does not mean that he is your man. Until you have the conversation where it's like, yo, are we in a monogamous, committed relationship or a committed relationship and polyamorous or whatever the fuck it is, until you have that conversation, it ain't a thing. It, it just is. Uh, what is something that would turn you off or scare you away on a first date? Mistreating the people who are around us. Like if you show that, yo, you don't have respect for, for other people, like you're, you're talking down to the servers or you just are attitudinal, that, that's a turn off. Um, you know, if you don't handle disappointment very well. So if you're somebody who's, who's bratty and, and bitchy about shit that isn't going your way, that's going to be a turn off. Um, yeah, mean people are generally just like people I can't vibe with. I can't fuck with you. Like I, I'm very easygoing, so that shit just really aggravates me. How about you? Uh, on a first date, we go out and you get wasted. I'm done. And that's funny because I I had that question. What are some red flags for you? Um, what are signs that a man is just not into you? <laughs> just not into you? Yeah. You smash and grab, but not willing to take it any further. Or yeah. not even interested in smash and grab. Either one. They just said, what are signs that he's just not into you? So um, for me, um, a sign that I'm not into you, you don't hear from me. I don't let it go any further. Right. Not even for smash and grab. Yeah, I, I, I would agree with that. Like, I, it's, it's while I was literally having this conversation before we got on here. In general, like, if you're just somebody I've met on a humble that's not connected to anything work-related or family-related or any of that shit, and I just keep myself in that box, that, that's usually a good sign. That I'm not flirting. Well, actually, I flirt with everybody, so I, can, I can't say that shit. I, I'm a horrible flirt. But in general, if I, I'm not pursuing that flirtation, 
that that's probably a good sign that yeah, I'm, I'm not really into you. All right. Why do men ghost? Uh, because it's way less difficult than having to explain to you that I'm no longer interested or that I never really was interested in the first place. Yeah. I, I think that absolutely plays a part. I think it's a lot easier than having the difficult conversation. You know, nowadays as human beings, we just don't like having difficult conversations. So we just let shit drift. Also, as a man, if we don't say it's over, it gives us an opportunity to come back later if we change our mind. Next question. Lots of guys believe that they are not like other guys. What do you believe sets you apart from other men? What aspect of your manness would you describe as typical? Wow. Um, my typical... So what do you believe sets you apart from other men? Okay. And what do you believe about you is typical? Um, what sets me apart from other men? I think I don't get involved in a lot of the jealousy shit that a lot of other dudes do. Like I'm very confident and comfortable in who I am. So like, I'm not the kind of dude who's going to see somebody looking at my girl and be pissed off. I'm like, yo, fucking do a 360 for that dude. Cause I know who the fuck you going home with. That don't bother me. Um, how I am a typical man. I think there are a lot of ways I'm a typical dude. Like I like, I I have the attention span of a I won't say I have the attention span of a gnat. I have a very focused attention span. So if I'm working on some shit and I'm doing something, don't call me to do something else because Project A will not get finished because now I'm focused on Project B. I like I'm horrible at multitasking in a very male way. Um, I also like. If I'm in a situation with you, I'm in a relationship with you. Like, I don't want to hear your stories. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't want to sit there listening to your work shit all day because, like, the fuck, it, it, it just drains me. In a very typical male fashion. So I want to say something about that jealousy thing you said, right? Yeah. Um, but um, what sets? What about me is typical? I like a woman that gets her feet done, gets her hair done, gets an, uh, her body tight, that has a dress or a skirt on every now and then and um you know is wearing something you know that's a little revealing every now and then that's typical about me when it comes to you know um my madness i like you know not that she's got to be you know i'm not looking for model-esque and i'm not looking for you know um walking around looking like you know the atlanta housewives every day all day long but i like to see that shit a lot and so how are you different um, oh, you, well, you said you wanted to touch on the jealousy thing, so touch on that. So I remember this time I was in this wine shop, right? Um, I am not an outwardly jealous kind of person, but, you know, inwardly, you know, I can feel jealous sometimes, right? So I remember I was in this wine shop uh, with, you know, a girl um, that I was dating. And um, there was a woman in the back doing like a little wine tasting, right? And there was a guy standing back there tasting some wine. And she went back there and she went, you know, and tasted a little wine. And then the guy was chatting it up with her, right? You know, and I felt a little twinge <laughs> go on in my chest. Right. Nigga, shut the fuck up and get the fuck out of here. 
What are you talking about? You, you, you ain't got to hold all of this conversation with this motherfucker. Let's go. I didn't say it. But you I thought. Didn't act like that. But I thought that shit. Right? You know? So, uh, yeah. I can be a little, you know, or I can feel a little jealousy every now and then. And it's not like, you know, I thought that she was going anywhere with this motherfucker or anything like that. But, you know, I remember I felt that way. And um, so what sets you apart from other men? What do you think makes you different? So um, I don't know because uh, I ain't paying that much attention to other guys. I don't know the fuck what another motherfucker's doing. I just don't. All right. Um, how would the woman you have allowed to get the closest to you describe your worst qualities? Oh, easily. Um, I... Whew. My worst qualities, I can be incredibly focused on one thing so that it appears that I am unfocused on other things. You know, I am incredibly logical to the point where it seems that I don't give a shit about the things that matter to you. Um, what else? I'm sarcastic as fuck. So that could be very difficult to deal with at times. Uh, what would somebody say is my worst quality? Um, that once I'm stuck in a way or once I've made up my mind um, it's hard to get me to uh, see it from another perspective I don't agree with that I just think that perspective is dumb when you're explaining it to me <laughs> I just think what the fuck you're saying is dumb but, uh, you know, I think that that's something somebody would say. All right. Question. Does Go any woman it. out there hate your guts? Do you deserve it? Does any woman out there hate my guts? And do you deserve it? And do I deserve it? I would say I have the fortune of being friendly and friends with most of the women that I've ever dated in my life. Like, I can go back to my high school girlfriend right now, shoot her a text, and have a pleasant conversation. Or get on the phone and have a pleasant conversation. That said, there are a couple of women out there who, for their own purposes, probably cannot stand me. And I will say that out of all of them, there is probably one who is justified. Uh, there's a bunch of women who told me that they couldn't stand me. But uh, <laughs> over time, um, they've been proven wrong. That's all I'm going to say about that. Right. So, but that's the other thing. Them saying they can't stand you versus them actually not being able to stand you is completely different things. This is a question that's um, more of an advice question from us. How do I co-parent with an ex who's moved on but still texts that he loves me? I still love you, but I'm with somebody else. Yeah, I, yeah. What That's do you true. say? So let's think about. It. I don't know. I want to circle back to that. Let's save that for last. All right, we'll go back to that one. All right, we'll put a star next to that joint. Hey, everybody. This is David, one of the co-hosts of Single Dad. Why you mad? And uh, you just finished the first half of our DILF 2.0 episode. 
um, but because we've been at it for an hour and uh, we've only gotten through the first half of the questions, we decided to make this a two-part series. So check back in two weeks for the second half, DILF 2.0.1, and we will pick up where we left off. But until then, subscribe, rate, review, follow, and comment on Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, and all the podcast platforms. Single dad, why you mad? Single dad, why you mad? Single dad, why are you mad? Single dad, why 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 you mad?